0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb dot
2: com slash host.
1: Why are they being stubborn? Why didn't they just stay in?
2: They don't
3: understand.
1: Jack scared himself just by getting here telling all these ghost stories
3: Something's going on I don't know who we can trust right now
4: I was sorely tempted to betray you
3: You don't need anybody
1: else I wish I had you in Barovia Oh, what the hell is Red doing?
4: They stand tall to their full height And draw wicked-looking longbows How about
1: even the odds, huh, Kraloth? Jack, look, look at what you did <laughs>
3: Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 56, Playing
4: for Keats. MVP this week is Thayer Ravenborn for their iTunes review. Thank you so much, Thayer.
3: This Saturday, November 7th, is Extra Life, our 24-hour live stream in support of sick kids' hospitals. Over the past three years, we've raised almost $10,000, and we plan on doing so again. We'll be playing video games, running RPGs, and eating 10 spicy wings live in our Hot Ones Trivia Challenge. What's more is that you can ask your Dice Shame crew questions. Head on over to our Discord right now and And submit your questions for any of the cast and crew of this show. Make sure to tune in live at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hang out. Head to www.theinvictusstream.com to watch and for other links. All right, shall we do this?
4: Yeah, let's do it. So we established last episode that dwarves all sleep in one giant pile.
3: (laughs) Poppy pile, I believe, is the technical term. (laughs) Absolutely, so it's so cute. Their little dwarf butts all sort of in faces and faces
0: and. No,
4: I'm imagining like their beards just twine together, just intertwined. Oh man,
2: how many
0: wake up and they're like Velcroed, Mm -hmm. or like using the beard as like a blanket. Aww.
4: (laughs) Aww.
2: Yeah, give me your beard. They all sleep in a line, and when they all turn, everybody's beard
1: goes over to the other person beside them. Oh, (laughs) yeah! And they all turn at once. There, there's something very Disney about this vision of dwarves. Yeah, very Disney, (laughs) but I love it. Yeah, no, it's great, and very
3: Doran.
4: I'm glad that you had the opportunity to make this room the proper sleeping quarters for yourself, finally. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I don't think it was because I'm a dwarf. I think (laughs) I did it because of the situation, the mood kind of everything that's been going on.
4: You just figured that everyone needs some time together? Yes. Slumber party time. I mean,
2: it's been yes. established that
3: Doran has never had like a best friend. Like he mentioned that he was like a lonely dwarf. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the idea that these people have now become family or friends <laughs> Is probably like really important to Doran. It
2: is, yeah.
3: All by
4: himself. Uh, let's see how it all plays out, shall we? Yeah. Because who knows? Who knows how many of you will make it back to the inn tonight?
1: Uh oh! Uh oh! Those hunt lords are coming to get us. Yeah. Right.
4: Red and Doran and B and Oren are all in the nearby tavern, the inn, the Whiteheart Inn.
2: Doran. Uh... Sits back uneasily as the door to the inn closes and Kraloth and Jack are no longer in the room. Give me that. And he takes a cigarette from your hand and tries to take a puff. Oh, (laughs) This
3: is terrible. Why would you do this? Oh, Red. Take this back. It's terrible.
2: I'm a little concerned here. Why why did they leave like that? Makes me a little uncomfortable that uh, we see two of our companions break off like this and they're going to go and, what, fight some undead on their own?
3: I don't know, Doran, but look, Krayloth isn't Krayloth isn't the same person since we left Grudhog. Uh, I don't know if you sense it as well, but he and I had a conversation in Yard and it, there's been some other things that I I don't know.
2: Tell me you see it. Doran kind of leans forward into the conversation and puts his elbows on his knees. Well, I know Krayloth's been struggling a bit with having to kill that hamperat woman. I think that weighed heavy on him. He wasn't feeling like himself when we were in Belliard.
3: I, I don't know, Doran. I I, I feel the opposite. I, I feel like it didn't weigh heavily on him. At least what he said to me on that road was that he he didn't feel enough. He's had this sort of distant, sort of this gaze as if he's looking through us. And, hmm. and there's something else. Uh, and this has to stay between you and me and Jack. Jack knows, obviously, because... Jack and I are besties now. Of course. I caught him the other night trying to steal something from the bag of holding. I mean, obviously, he's welcome to it any time, but the way he did it, it was was when he was putting me to bed at the other inn. He waited till I was asleep, and then he tried to grab something from my bag, the cloud giant's hair.
0: Hmm.
2: I just, I just, I don't know if we can trust him. Doran kind of stands up and walks towards the fireplace, pacing now in front of Red. You know, I haven't said anything, but... I was afraid I lost that silver ring. You know, the one that says uh, stone hearts never bleed. I, I don't lose many possessions, but it's I can't, I can't find it. You don't think? I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's Greyloth, but things don't
3: fall out of these pockets. Red stands up and says, hold on. Maybe we can find that ring, or at least where it went. And red pulls out the rod of the Dot, which if I remember correctly, doesn't just locate adamantine objects, but it locates mundane objects mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Like I remember it cast that spell. So obviously uh, uh, Jack is attuned to it. So, I mean, we have time here. I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to put my hands on the rod and I'm going to begin attuning to it.
4: Mm. Sure, yeah. You want to take the hour? Yes. Cool. So Avgar Philroy brings out, like, um, a little cart filled with cloches, the silver, like, half moons that sit on top of food on, like, a fancy place.
1: Oh, I don't know the word for those. Nice. Uh,
4: so he brings out enough for everybody, and and he realizes that Jack and Kraloth are missing, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Did you?" It's um, okay.
2: They'll be back later. Just, uh... Why don't you put it here on the table and...
4: My apologies. I'm so sorry. He puts them down. Kraloth and Jack, you leave the White Heart Inn, and you are in the middle of Noanar's Hold, this small, sleepy village in the shadow of this boarded-up keep at the very edge of the High Forest.
0: Kraloth is taking lead and almost walking with purpose, but... At the same time, kind of walking aimlessly, he every now and then will stop and stoop down and look at the cobblestone. And at one point, he looks up at Jack and he says, uh, "Do you think they have hunts every night?"
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's bigger ones on full moons. That seems like a, a thing that could happen. It could be every night though. If it, I think it's maybe it's more that the huh. the ghosts are hunting, and that's what keeps everybody in inside every night. And the hunts happen, hmm. you know, on on a periodic basis
4: it's quiet out right now there are some birds the sounds of night birds some crickets chiming in as the sun starts to set over the land and you realize that all these cottages are closed up mm. the curtains are closed the doors are closed you don't really see anyone walking around You also don't see any signs of the noble brothers that had left about half an hour ago, so they seem to have made themselves pretty scarce. (sighs) The sounds of your footsteps are just echoing around this quiet village.
1: Well, uh, how many hours of daylight do you think we have left? Evening's coming on, but until it's full dark, we've probably got an hour or two. So I guess maybe come up with a route you want to patrol tonight? Yeah. Has Kieran reached the keep and is there any activity going on there?
4: Do you want them to come back to you before they give a report, or...?
1: I think they can They can hang out there, and we can telepathically brain-meld. Master,
4: I saw those three boys leave the inn.
1: Oh, yeah? They visited the, the stables,
4: stables, and now, now they're gone.
1: gone. Gone how? Like, just drove off in a direction, or disappeared?
4: They drove on their horses, mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they rode north.
1: Understood. Maybe they are hunting giants. That seems like a strange... The castle is dark. Well... Yeah. If they're undead, they probably don't need a lot of light. There's a hole here.
4: A hole? The ceiling of the keep is partly (laughs) collapsed.
1: Perfect. Thank you for the update. Yeah. And and I'll I'll sort of give Kraloth the updates. It looks like those noble boys rode off north of here, up to the ever Everway Trail. Mm -hmm. But Kieran's found a way into the keep that doesn't use the doors. There's a hole in the roof, I guess.
0: And Kraloth nods. And he's just looking for any signs, any clues of things that have happened in the streets, and he's just kind of looking around at the roads, and I'm going to do a perception check. Sure. That's a 16.
4: Kreloth, as you look down at the surface of this cobblestone walkway, there are worms everywhere. And as you watch, you see more of them starting to pull themselves up out of the dark, moist earth, writhing around on the walkway. Uh. Now that you've seen them, you realize you've been stepping on them this whole time. They're just pulling themselves out of the earth and writhing around on the ground,
0: yeah, Jack, there's definitely something strange going on here
1: i mean jacks Jack scared himself just by getting here telling all these ghost stories, like he's <laughs> ready to see a ghost at any minute. We've definitely already seen some undead sipping chalices in the keep over there, like this place is haunted legit
4: back at the White Hart Inn, red. Doran, B, and Oren, I guess, are there too. And you guys are all enjoying some dinner. And Red, you're cradling this adamantine rod. Yeah,
3: so I'm just like, my foot is like just sitting on the rod of the dot on the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Red has his eyes closed for like a minute and then he just opens them again. Sort of looks to Doran and sort of nods and looks back down to his plate and continues eating.
2: Doran is um, eating for sustenance. You can tell he's not hungry though. Hmm. Normally the plate would be completely polished off, and right now he's like, you know, half of a big piece of meat is not eaten.
4: You're like pushing vegetables around your plate yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
2: my mind is kind of distracted.
3: Yeah, and Red even pushes his plate away after a little bit. He's like,
2: I can't eat anymore. <sighs> you know what, Red, I, I, I don't feel right about this. I, I I feel like we should be out there at least supporting them. They're yeah, fine. They're not
3: that far. I, I just checked. And that's what he was doing when his eyes were closed. He was doing oh, primeval cool. awareness. He's yeah. like, he's kind of got like a tab on his friends a little bit. He's kind of like, I just, I could tell they, they're not too far. The two of them are still moving around.
2: What are we doing? Why are we being stubborn? Why, why, why are they being stubborn? Why didn't they just stay in? I don't know. Something's happened with
3: Crayloth. He's not the same. He's not the same man I met in Waterdeep. He's acting all weird. And and Red's eyes fall to Oren, remembering him the other night, how he sort of spun around in circles. Doran, and I say it like right in front of B and Oren. I turn to Doran and I say, the other night Oren was walking around in circles very weirdly, acting very bizarre, talking to himself in the middle of the woods
4: at
3: two in the morning. I
4: I I told you, I was...
3: Oren, what?
4: Sleepwalking.
3: Yes, but too much is going on right now. Maybe it's the setting, maybe it's Kraloth's distant nature, but something's going on.
2: I don't know who we can trust right now. Orin, is there something you want to tell us? We're all friends here. Don't don't let us down.
4: He puts his fork down. He's basically almost done eating. His uh-huh. his plate is almost clean. He puts his fork down, and he looks at you, Doran, and his eyes start to fill with tears a little bit. Mm. Like, no. I, nothing. There's nothing.
2: Can I persuade?
4: Yeah, sure. You can roll with advantage, because he loves you.
2: Persuasion. So an 11. Oh, Oh. Whatever it is, I'm 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 sure it's not that big of a deal.
4: You watch as he hangs his head and these fat droplets of tears just start falling on the table as he's like quietly crying. <sighs> Master Doran, I was sorely tempted to betray you. You're you're all the family that I've ever really felt was true to me. But I've been visited by a demon. A demon? Yes. A sweet-tongued demon. A creature who wanted to offer me everything I'd ever wanted. But I had to betray ye, and I couldn't do it. Do you remember, Red? And he looks up at you, tears streaming down his face.
3: And Red's face is like, angry, almost.
4: Do you remember when Jack got taken b- by the stone giant, and I was left behind when we, when we retreated, and then ye came through for me? Ye found me? In the rain, and you carried me on your back, all the way to safety. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I see the ways that you care for each other. Just the little things. The way that you ride your horses side by side and, and chat for long hours of travel. The way that you save each other's lives. I, I would be a fool to break this. This trust. And I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I was told by this demon that he would find me a home somewhere that I could set down put down roots find a good woman make a family but, but he asked of me something I couldn't do and that's when I realized Master Doran Master Red young B that you're all the family I, I could ever want
2: Oren. I put my hand on Orin's shoulder, wipe the tears from his face, and then I give his cheek a little bit of a slap. Uh-huh. Listen here. I appreciate your honesty. And you said it yourself. You don't need anybody else. We can help you get what you need even more than any demon could ever pretend. That's right. And Red takes a big
3: sigh. You see the anger. The anger that's been sort of mirrored in that evening with Crayloth, and seeing Crayloth reach from the bag, the anger that sort of appeared a few times in red. You see it in his eyes for a moment and he breathes a long sigh and you can see the muscles in his face relax. I think what we need now as a party and as friends is more forgiveness. You're right. We are a family. And you have a home. You gotta tell us, who was this demon? And what did they ask of you?
4: This demon was a creature who called himself Shazel? I, I can't remember. It was so late at night and I was so afraid. It asked me to take something from each of you. It wanted me to take Kralos' tambourine, especially. And I just, I know that he loves that tambourine. And I couldn't do it.
3: All right. All right. Did you take my ring, Orin?
4: No, no, Doran, I swear to you, I didn't take anything. Hmm. You see, B is like idly sort of pawing at her neck where her necklace used to be.
3: Well, it seems like the demon convinced somebody to take some things. And he looks towards Doran.
0: Hmm.
4: Now that you mention it, I'm missing my best quill.
3: And Red sort of looks to Doran and then says, well... Maybe this will answer some questions. And he steps out of the booth and kneels down next to this massive rod and he puts his hands on it. And I'm going to cast the Locate Object spell, which will allow me to sense the direction of an object's location. All right. That's familiar to me uh, within a thousand feet.
4: What are you looking for?
3: The ring that Doran possessed.
4: Um, yeah, so it's silver. It's not made of adamantine, so that makes the range a, a thousand, thousand feet. feet. You do not get a ping. Unfortunately. Jack, as you are wandering these ever-darkening streets with Krayloth, maybe you're making your patrol, and you hear the clatter of a shutter somewhere nearby that's not been tied down properly. It's just banging in a rhythmic way against the side of the house. You feel a strange feeling. Uh, you've lost the attunement to a magic item that you once had.
1: Oh, what the hell is Red doing Something just happened with the, the mm. you know that rod of the Vanandad. I'm not connected to it anymore. Huh. Someone else has used it. Do you have it on you? No, Red had it in the bag. Right, right. Uh... This
4: is when the last fingers of sunlight recede from the horizon as night truly draws on, and as the sunlight dims and night draws close to you. You hear the telltale sounds of the wooden doors of the keep open. And from a distance, you hear the clattering hooves approach you down from the keep on the cobblestones of Noanar's hold. You see them, the hunt lords, astride skeletal warhorses. Five of them towards you, the only quarry out on the streets this time of night. One of them reaches out a skeletal hand and points at you, Kraloth, and then they move to meet you. Are you guys ready to roll some initiative for me? Oh,
0: let's do it.
4: Okay, Kraloth, what'd you get? I got an 11. Uh, Harlan, what did Red get for his initiative roll? 12. Doran...
1: Doran got a five. Jack? Jack got 20.
4: 20. Nice, Jack. Jack, top of the round.
1: So Jack sees these hunt lords on their awful skeletal faces on their awful skeletal horses, and Mm -hmm. suddenly, like, snaps into focus and pulls out this magic orb, and and you can see inside it, this radiant light starts to, to boil and bubble, and he, like... Decides to start off with a bang, throwing every single bit of energy he's got into this thing, and a streak of bright white light goes and blossoms into this huge explosion of radiant energy around them as this radiant fireball, goosed with all the magic he can possibly put into it, just erupts, shaking all the shutters in town with like bright, holy radiant light. Well, wow. I'm going to put fireball at the fourth level and change it to radiant light. DC 15 dexterity saves I need, and I got to find a pile of dice.
4: So I have two successes, three failures on these hunt lords, and let me roll for their steeds.
0: Roll for the
4: steeds. Samesies. So two successes, three failures on the steeds also. So I'm going to say that all the three that are sort of in the rear contingent... They're the failures.
1: <laughs> All right. So I have a stupid pile of dice in my hands. They are nine D6s and two D10s. Wow. Full of radiant and force damage, ready to blast some fucking skeletons.
0: Holy shit. Dice. Team corpse
1: inspectors
0: <laughs> on the patrol.
1: 48 radiant and force damage to each of them Ooh. and half of that for 24 to those who passed. Wow.
4: Alright, well you kill three of the Hunt Lords wow. outright what? and the two skeleton horses underneath the front two Hunt Lords buckle and turn into dust and then the hunt lords atop of them are also terribly injured.
1: You're not hunting us. We're hunting you. Nice. It, now, now we're right. How <laughs> <laughs> about evens the odds, huh, Kraloth? I wish I had you in Barovia. Well, you got me now, buddy. Let's do this. <sighs> yeah.
4: In a horrific sight, this huge fireball just blooms in the background. It's caught one of the trees nearby on fire. One of the nearby huts is also on fire. And... There's just carnage, undead carnage. Bones fly everywhere as this fireball explodes. And then terrifyingly, these two hunt lords stand from the wrecked corpses and armor of their mounts. They stand tall to their full height and both of them draw wicked looking longbows. Mm. They both take aim directly at you, Jack. And they fire. I rolled the same number on both of my attacks. Right. So 22 to hit you.
1: Oh, yeah. It was all 22s. Yeah, that's it. They just hit.
4: Yeah, both of them are 22s. And then the other one, that's a 17.
1: I'm going to throw up my shield and have it to react to the second one. So the, the first arrows start coming at me and I... Put my hands up in the air and this another shield of force buckles through me, sort of like the first few arrows are passing through molasses, but they get through and and stab into my person, but it catches the other two and deflects them just enough.
4: So you take nine points of damage from the first arrow and then 11 points of damage from the second arrow, and then you you manage to throw up this shield and... The other two are deflected. Oh! Then they move towards you across the square. Red, you hear this terrible explosion from outside. Yeah.
3: Doran and Red are still standing in the bar after checking the rod of the Dodd, And Red, like, quickly begins moving the rod back into the bag of holding. And he looks to Doran and sort of nods with wide eyes and then looks to Orn and says, Sounds like they're in danger, at least in combat. We save each other's lives.
4: We save each other's lives. We save each other's lives.
3: Let's do this. And he begins moving towards the front door with his bow drawn. And I'll move my full action. In fact, I'll use feline agility.
4: Yeah, so that gets you definitely to within sight of the explosion site. If not, I don't think you can see your friends right now, but you do see these two undead creatures with their bows drawn. Maybe you even see them loose their arrows at Jack. Amazing. Kraloth, what do you do?
0: Kraloth sees Jack take the bolts and he's going to step towards him and say, Jack, hold on. And he's going to cast Warding Bond on Jack. So you're going to get a plus one to your AC and resistance to all damage. Amazing. And he's going to keep walking forward, hefting his mace and shaking his head as he walks towards these undead. And he says, you should listen to my friend. Maybe you should turn and run.
4: Doran, it's your turn.
2: I feel like the explosion is not only audible, but the fireplace also does like a whoosh with the pressure of the air passing by the building.
4: Oh, cool, yeah.
2: And with that, Red kind of stands up and says, uh, you know, we're all friends and we stand up for each other. So Doran races out behind him, moving twice, full movement, 50 feet, so.
4: Cool. Jack, it's your turn.
2: You want to do that fireball
0: thing
1: again, Jack? That seemed to work pretty good. <laughs> uh, Jack marches up behind Crayloth and... Extends his hand again. This time, it's holding Dazan's wand that he mm. got from his friend's belongings, and he points it out at these two. And a loud, ringing, painfully loud snap <coughs> shatters the like quiet of the of the night. So they're you know just following up on that boom, and this this sphere uh, explodes out with thunder damage, catching the the two of them. I hope, uh, but they need to make Constitution saving throws.
4: Okay, one failure with an eight, and then one success.
1: All right, so sixteen. Uh, thunder damage and so eight for the one that it's at.
4: You see like the cottage beside you. there's sort of like a rustling at the window as someone like looks out for a second and then the curtain moves again and they're gone. These undead hunters loose another volley of arrows at you, Jack. Even twenty to hit. Um, for the first volley.
1: I'm going to throw up my shield again. So my AC becomes 21 with the warding bond. And and this time I'm ready for their arrows.
4: Yep, all four of them sink into this jelloid shield that you create.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, Jack's really channeling this, like, he, he's starting to feel indignant in that, like, way a wizard can be. Like, I, maybe I don't need everybody else. Maybe maybe I can just throw myself into work. What are Red and Doran doing, anyways? They left us out here, but I've got all this power. It's, it, you know, maybe it's okay that I made a deal with this imp for extra power because we need it to fight back against injustice, like these hunt lords who have been terrifying this, te- like, just justifying to himself all of the anything he can while he is just throwing all of his magic at these hunt lords.
4: And then as their arrows fail to gain purchase in your flesh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the hunt lords bolt. One of them heads north, the other one south, behind these buildings, and they disappear from view. We're <laughs> on the hunt now, and
1: Kieran, follow the one to the north.
2: <laughs> Sounds like you guys are participating very gladly in the sport. <laughs> Red, it's your turn. So Red is now in line of sight, you said? Of the other two?
4: You can see your friends now.
2: Red
3: is going to head towards the other two. I'm going to take both my actions to move 60 feet. And I'm going to try to get behind cover. And then I'm going to shout out,
4: we're here to help!
1: Where are they? One to the north and one to the south.
4: Crayloth, what do you do now?
0: Crayloth, with this smug look on his face, is just going to keep walking forward like he's owning the place. He's just like, I like your town! He's going to swing his mace over confidently and cast spiritual weapon. And his scythe is going to appear right beside the building as he's pursuing this hunter that's gone to the south. And he's going to send his spectral weapon down to slash at the fleeing undead creature. Sure, Not so fast. He casts it as a level four. And as this spiritual scythe appears in front of the undead, it swipes at him. And I'm going to use my advantage, my inspiration. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Inspiration. That's going to be an 18 to hit?
4: Yeah, that hits. Ah,
0: yes.
1: Nice. Beautiful. And it
0: is going to take 12 points of radiant damage.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: You cut this creature down.
1: Nice.
4: And as you do, you watch as this bow rolls out of its hands, this obsidian black weapon. Hmm. Hmm. Doran, it's your turn.
2: Doran um, continues to kind of run following uh, Red, though he sees Red run behind a building and Doran, he runs more to the front of the building. Mm.
4: Jack, you watch as your friend Kraloth hunts this creature, starts toward the building and just you you hear the sound of the scythe being summoned. What do you do next?
1: Does Kieran have eyes on the one that ran north? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he can see it behind this building and through my familiar senses, I can see it. And so I look back at Red for a minute and then hold my orb out and look forward and five arrows, just like Red's, appear in the air made of force flying, shimmering unerringly around the building to where Kieran can sense this guy and the magic missiles strike him. 61.
4: It turns into dust and floats away on the wind.
1: Ha-ha! I'm going to walk up beside Kraloth He's done. The hunt lords taken down at just high five. What? What? This town don't truck with no undead when the nightstone two are here.
2: Yeah. Chests up.
0: Like, looking around,
4: Strutting. Like...
2: Strutting. Struttin', that's right. Doran and Red sort of run into view and there's nothing around. Oh. They're
1: gone? What hunt lords? This town <laughs> is free.
4: We've saved these people. Someone's garden is like smoking embers from your fireball. <laughs>
1: I guess you might want to go talk to Amrath. Yeah, definitely. He's probably still left in that castle. We're not finished
0: yet. And Kraloth is going to walk over to that bow that he saw fall Mm. down. He reaches down and picks up this bow, and he looks it over and looks at how fine it is.
4: It's magic. Uh,
0: He he senses it, and... um, he shakes his head and he stashes it behind his backpack, a little bit obscured and hidden. And then he stomps on the skeleton's head, crushing it, and then turns to meet back with his friends. Ah, oh,
1: yeah. You, you did it. You didn't even need us. Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely that, that archaeological part of Jack who can't stop but like help but look over the bones and just like pay more attention to to them than than the friends who decided not to come and help. I heard you
2: uh I heard you exclaim that this is now, uh, now your town, Kraloff. It's, uh, it's a mighty, mighty, mighty proud statement there. Yeah, it sounds a bit uh, unlike you, bud.
0: We still have to make sure that the fort is clear.
2: And I sort of share
3: a look with Doran. Mm-hmm. at like, who are these two people? Like these cocky sort of bros. Braggadocious.
4: Yeah, nice. these like
3: bros we just walked up to who are like chest bumping each other. Full of,
2: full of ego.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I sort of turn to Doran and I'm like, what did what did Kraloth mean when he said we have to deal with the dwarf in the castle? Uh, maybe we should talk to him. You know what, uh, Doran and I—we were left out. Why don't we go deal with that amaranth in the uh, castle? Yeah, uh,
2: let 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 us uh, let us take care of that for for you guys because yeah, get get our beaks wet. Um, you've done all this work so far.
0: I've started this. I'm gonna keep on this path.
3: And I sort of give a weary look to Doran, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that dwarf was undead. It, he might try to kill him. Well, I mean, that doesn't
2: seem right, does it? Well, let's let's follow and
3: make hey, sure. We, we'd better.
2: I mean, they seem like they're out for blood tonight.
3: As we walk past Jack, who's like staring over
1: a corpse with like... Definitely got yeah, a focus true. to us tonight. Yeah,
4: You walk up the path that's lined by these pine trees, all the way up to the keep... It's foreboding. The oak doors are closed tightly, and it's dark here. There's no sign of life from within.
3: I think I'm going to do my primeval awareness on the inside of the door and just sort of see if I can detect any humanoids.
4: Mm-hmm. You do. You detect one humanoid.
3: And I, I turn a door in, and like with sleight of hand, I sort of hold a finger up like yeah, there's one in here.
0: With a heavy fist, Kraloth knocks on the door three times. Open up!
4: You don't hear anything from within the dark castle. I imagine
2: they're locked up because uh, of the hunt that's supposed to be going on tonight.
1: Kralith, do you want this door
0: removed? Open up! The hunt is over. Your masters are dead. Open up the door. We'll show you mercy.
4: You hear from inside like a little... (sighs) And then the eye slit at dwarf level opens up in the door and you see the same little... Kind of cloudy, old eyes look out at you. What do you mean?
0: Your masters are dead. They won't be ruling over this town anymore.
4: He just shuts the eye slit again.
3: Uh, let's just go. He, he's fine. Well, what do you need to deal with? Well, there's nothing else to do here. Let, let's, let's just go.
0: Kraloth knocks on the door again.
4: It opens again. What? What do you want? Get out of my sight.
0: I'm looking for more undead.
4: There's no, nobody here. Just me. Do you want to kill me, too?
3: I'll just let him go. It doesn't matter. We, we did what we came here for. You, you're undead or dead?
0: Amarath wasn't.
4: He just looks up at you, hatred in his eyes.
0: Any other undead creatures that you may be harboring are going to be under the judgment of Kelimvor, and I'm here to exact that judgment. Now open the door.
4: This is my castle.
2: I think Doran steps up and he looks through the hole and he says, uh, hey, listen here. My name is Doran, and uh, these are my fellows. Trust them. Trust them as you would me. I'm I'm another dwarf.
4: Well, listen to me, fellow dwarf. I've lived here for 200 years. Until tonight, when you decide that you should have the right to come here, bang on my door, demand entrance? Absolutely not. This is my home, and I will defend it as such. Now get off of my front porch.
0: But you don't understand... Get rid of the door, Jack.
1: Get rid of the door. Please. Everybody stand back.
4: I don't need help.
1: Get back from the door. Jack steps back and pulls out Dazon's wand and points it at the door. And Jack unleashes this powerful blast of magic. And with like a huge thunderous boom, the door shatters.
4: These heavy oaken doors, they're like reinforced with metal. At the power of your magic, Jack, they are blown off their hinges away from you and they fall heavily on the entryway floor in this dark keep. And then there's a moment of quiet as your shatter just echoes through the dark recesses of this building and you don't hear anything. Then you realize Amaroth did not move away from the door. His body lies broken, bleeding underneath these doors. You've killed him.
0: (gasps) Kralof hesitates momentarily, and then he shakes it off and says, In the name of Kelumvor and the Knights of the Eternal Order, I have been sanctioned to investigate this house and rid it of any undead abominations. And Kraloth steps over the dead body and makes his way into the mansion.
3: I think Red is just mouth agape. He watches his friend enter. Friend. He watches this person enter. And he sort of slack jaw, just uh, almost ghost like, walks in as well and just stands by the body looking down. Right behind you. As Jack passes, Red's kind of like,
1: Jack. Look, look at
3: what you did. And he like looks down to the old dwarf at his feet.
4: There's just like a curled, wrinkled hand extended out from underneath one of the doors. That's all you really see of him.
1: 200 years serving the undead doesn't lead to a good end. Let's go, Red.
2: I'll just stay here for now, if that's all right. Doran's also a bit taken back by the entire situation. He's He kind of looks at Red and he's just kind of bewildered and and kind of stands still for a while.
4: Kraloth, this is a dreary place. There are still a couple of lit candelabras on the banquet table in the far room that's beyond this entryway. That's where you saw these hunt lords first feasting. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, there really isn't any light source to speak of. So maybe you put your goggles on
0: no in this moment Kraloth is almost transported back to Barovia he forgets about the goggles that are sitting right on his head Mm. and he reaches back and he pulls up his lantern and with a word he casts light and it glows on the inside and he begins walking inside
4: To the left and right in the banquet hall, there are a couple of feasting tables here, long forgotten. Everything in this keep is wreathed in cobwebs, smelling of rot and termites. Mm. Um, There's a door behind the Hunt Lord's feasting table that opens into a huge cavernous dark room.
0: And Kraloth stops at the banquet table and looks at this feast and he grabs one of these chalices and looks inside.
4: It's empty. There's just dust.
0: Ugh. And he throws it on the ground with a clatter and spits as he makes his way around the banquet hall towards this door.
4: Looks like maybe it was once an armory. There are a few discarded, rusted pieces of metal on the ground, a broken scabbard here. And there's a chest pushed up against the far wall. Hmm.
1: You guys coming or what? Yeah, Jack's got a, a scowl on his face. any a lot of that like hyped energy of destroying the hunt lords has, has sort of drained away from him, and, and it's in this somber moment. He's he's behind Crayloth because he's he he believes in this mission of the moment, but
2: This doesn't sit well with Doran, this sort of situation. To Doran, there's no real justification for this onslaught because the, the five hunters have been killed now, vanquished. And so I think Doran's play at this point is to sort of loosely stand guard I guess you know he he sits he sits on a big hmm. piece of rubble stone that's right next to the door and he rolls up another cigarette and uh,
4: just looking out at the night coming on
2: yeah and kind of uh, taking in the cool night air I think red seeing this
3: he sort of looks towards Dorne he looks towards Kraloth he looks at Jack who are now moving around the room and sort of going to the deeper parts He's a bit speechless and almost like a child mimics the way their dad goes to work. He begins trying to lift pieces of the oak off of the body of this dwarf and how he's seen and sort of ignored Kraloth and Jack do multiple times, he tries to bury this body. Nice. He like lifts it. You see him, he's so weak. He's like sort of struggling trying to lift this old dwarf through this rubble, Doran, as you're like rolling your cigarette. And he stands up and he's like, I'll be outside. And he begins walking across like the bridge holding this dripping corpse out to the front of the castle.
2: Doran watches Red kind of uncover the body and begin to drag it and as Doran finishes his cigarette and eats the butt, he stands up and walks over to Red and begins to kind of help. And he lifts the body by the feet as Red kind of picks up under the arms. And I say, let's go bury him over, uh,
3: over there. Yeah. And Red nods. And yeah, the two of us carry the corpse out.
2: You know, Red, I don't really know what, what, what is driving those two.
3: Uh. I, I don't know. With all that Orin told us and what I saw Kraloth do uh, with everything that happened with Orin and everything that happened with Kraloth, I I don't recognize him right now.
4: Kraloth and Jack, you're in this keep.
1: Yeah, I think Kieran's flown down and landed on my shoulder and weighs a million pounds of lies mm-hmm. uh, as I follow Kraloth sort of watching his back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't they come in with us they
0: don't understand they don't understand the good that we've done today
3: things are looking dire for us on Noano's hold i don't know what's gonna happen next Thank you once again to our great Old One Patreon supporters, Mitchell Cadwell, Megan Shepardson, Christopher Ryan Evans, and our Shamer supporter, Merlin. See you soon!
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.